My First River Cruise, Part 3. There's no question that the highlight of our UniWorld SS Catherine River Cruise was our cooking class in Avignon. It was built as part of the Masterpiece Collection, which meant we had to pay for this excursion, but it was worth every penny. It took place at the Hotel La Mirande, just across the way from the famous Palais des Papes, or Pope's Palace. Charles and I and ten others gathered at Leal, or the Fresh Market, in the centre of town and met the chef. One of my very favourite things to do is to go through markets. But going through with a chef is even greater fun, particularly because he knows most of the proprietors. So at the fishmongers, he would be assured of getting the freshest and best fish. Similarly, at the vegetable, poultry and olive stands, we were able to sample different tapenade before he purchased them. One with sun-dried tomatoes, one with anchovies and another with garlic. The fresh olives were delicious as well, not salty the way we get them when they are exported in brine. We were served these tasty treats on thin slices of baguette, so good in the morning. Chef Jeff Maru was accompanied by a young woman who was an assistant and translator for those who did not understand French. Even for those of us who did, she made things clearer. They chose long stemmed artichokes, tiny turnips with greenery still attached, celeriac, carrots, lettuce, strawberries, and asparagus just in season fresh clams and small duck breasts. Nothing was more than a day old. The cod, which would be the star of the meal as the first course or entree as it is called in France, had clear eyes and a very bouncy body. We were each given a straw basket to carry the food back to the hotel restaurant. The hotel was stunning, but we didn't go into the main kitchen of the restaurant, but to a cellar one that had been used in the late 1800s. A winding staircase descended to the basement what a basement we first saw the dining room where we would be eating a long wooden table was set with garden roses and old vases some adorned with fresh artichokes and little handmade chickens all terribly appealing and inviting the kitchen was huge and at one end there was a large wood burning stove a long work table also of wood was set with cooking implements and individual places ready for each of us we were all given wonderful aprons, large bottles of water, and our tasks. I must have looked very ready to cook because I had many crucial prep jobs. The first was to take the long pieces of cod, too, and cover them with a handful of sugar, a handful of salt, and some coriander seeds and paprika, and then place them in the refrigerator for 10 minutes. Meanwhile, Charles and I were set to trim the fat from the duck breast. These little breasts had quite a story. Chef kept saying they were white ducks and therefore very tender. I'd never heard of white ducks and questioned him. Turns out he said wild ducks. In fact, they were the result of mating wild with domestic ducks. As a rule in France, only allow wild ones at certain times of the year. I don't tell the story very well, but when Charles reads the finished blog or hears the finished podcast he can use the comment space and enlighten us well charles loves telling stories at any rate we trimmed and scored the breasts a little so that the fat didn't hang over charles got a bit carried away and gave his duck a bikini trim he also took pictures of us working away we rubbed the breasts with nutmeg salt and pepper and rolled them in olive oil and seared them quickly in a hot pan 
then set them aside. By this time, 10 minutes had passed and I removed the fish from the refrigerator, washed all the salt and sugar off, and then dried the fillets. It was suggested that I test how fresh the fish was and slice a tiny piece off the raw fish and eat it. It was delicious. Then I cut the fish into three to four inch square pieces. So they were three to four inches square. Sauteed them in olive oil and pepper, turning them once, just lightly cooking and set them aside. Then we took the clams, about two or three per person, and put them in a pan with shallots that had been cooked in olive oil and one half a cup of white wine. We boiled them at a high temperature until the clams opened, then removed them from the wine and added about a half a cup of cream, reduced the liquid until the odor of wine had disappeared. We then put the clams back in the sauce and set aside. The name of this dish is baked cod with green asparagus and clam sauce. So the asparagus, which are trimmed and washed, were put in a pot of salted water for five minutes after cooled in ice water and drained. The dish was prepped and ready to be prepared. The cod was cooked for only eight minutes at 350 degrees Fahrenheit. The asparagus sauteed in a hot pan with thyme and rosemary and some garlic, if wanted, and some sea salt. And when we trimmed the asparagus, we kept a small portion of the ends and chopped them very finely and used them as well. About three clams were put on the plate with the cod. The sauce also supported the fish and was sprinkled with toasted pistachios. Before we prepared this for serving, we finished prepping our trimmed duck breast. I was really involved with the fish dish, not easy to say, the fish dish and the duck, but others were readying the vegetables, baby carrots, mange two peas, the artichokes were garnished with baby turnips, which Charles cut brilliantly into six tiny pieces, and the celeriac. When we trimmed the duck, we kept the trimmings to fry to make the stock for the sauce, which also had a glass of red wine, carrots, onions, leeks, garlic, and celery, water, and tomato paste. All the vegetables were chopped thin, we added some flour and cooked for five minutes. Then we added more red wine and cooked for an hour. Basically, this was a red wine sauce that could be used for anything. The duck breasts, rubbed in nutmeg, salt and pepper previously, were pan fried in oil, cooked in the oven at 350 Fahrenheit for five minutes and left until they were warmed again before serving. Others prepared the celeriac. It was well cooked until soft using some sauteed garlic and onions for flavor. Then made into a puree in a blender. The vegetables were prepared by pan frying them with olive oil and herbs. Then the plate was dressed with the celeriac puree under the duck with the vegetables surrounding and the sauce on top. We also made a strawberry salad for dessert with citrus sugar and vanilla, which was kept at room temperature to meld. Then we left the kitchen, went down yet one more level to the wine cellar where we sampled the tapinade from the market and drank some local white and red wines. After that, we removed our aprons, quickly cooked the cod in the oven and carried our plates into the dining area and ate. More wine and water were served. The fish was incredible, simply delicious. We had the duck dish after that which was also extremely fine and then dessert. The noise level rose as the afternoon wore on and eventually sated, we departed. Charles and I were so elated after that experience it was difficult to tour the Palais de Pape, but we made an effort and then we waddled back to the ship in time for our nap. 
I've already made the fish dish back in Toronto for guests, and I did make a few tiny changes, but it was basically as taught, and it was a winner. Tonight, I would do the duck again, just for the two of us. The next day, we went on a tour of Arles with our favorite guide, Jeanette. It was very hot, but she was so good that we were captivated by the history of the area. Van Gogh's time there, a typical Camargue wedding complete with horse and a wonderful small Christian Lacroix boutique. He was born in Arles, where we bought some beautiful purchases, a scarf for my sister and a blouse for me. Once again, back to the ship for a final dinner, an apology from the ship for the loudness of the group on board. This was in reference to the naval folks that I had mentioned in my earlier podcast, and an invitation to a private dinner. Obviously, someone aboard had complained. In fact, we really enjoyed the folks from Annapolis. The private dinner for a few of us was delicious, if extremely boring. So we left to join the others in the main dining room before dessert and to say our goodbyes. Charles made a delightful speech to the gathered throng and we enjoyed our last evening to the fullest. The next day, we picked up our rental car, and although we had used Aeroplan points for this, we were charged an exorbitant fee for drop-off. After much discussion, we headed off to a charming small town called Lille-sur-la-Sourque for a nice walk by the river and lunch. There were many antique stores and market stalls, and the day was sunny and bright. We ate at a bar cafe outside on the street and enjoyed seafood brochette, squid, shrimp, and some chilled rosé. After lunch, with the help of Google Maps, we went to find our hotel in Les Beaux. All was going splendidly until we came to an impasse. A rock had fallen from the hillside and the road was closed. A policeman explained to us how to go around the mountain and we managed to understand his local French. The Domaine de Manville, which was a former farming estate, turned out to be stunning. Our room seemed massive after the tiny perfect room on the ship and the bath was quite wonderful. A small terrace with a view of the pool that I was anxious to try completed the room. It was Sunday and the hotel was very busy, but we wandered into the lovely gardens and had a glass of wine. I booked dinner in the gastronomique restaurant called L'Ophipo, which had attained one star. The service was very attentive and the food exquisite exquisite, which included fish four ways, soup in a tiny glass, lamb with potato slices and dessert of chocolate something, and strawberries with olive tapenade. Sounds weird, but it was wonderful. Some flying creature greeted us in the room on our return, but went still after I'd called for someone to retrieve it. I slept soundly, nevertheless, and in the morning went for a swim in the outdoor pool because the indoor one had noisy children in it. The water was frigid, but I persevered. Only the French will advertise a heated pool when it means heated by the sun, and the temperature is colder than an Ontario lake. After all the food, I needed the exercise, or so I thought. Charles wisely read by the pool while I did my laps. Lunch outside the bar was served in a plank filled with cheese, smoked salmon, and artisanal bread. We decided to go for a late afternoon walk and asked for directions to a nice route. We were sent across the road and found the hike markers on the trees. Before we knew it, we were ascending up a mountain trail, and at the top, the view was lovely and worth the breathless exercise. We did manage to get lost going down. The path was not smooth, and it required a lot of concentration on my part to avoid slipping on loose stones. Fortunately, we made it a few hours later, 
but at a very different entry spot, another adventure. Dinner was in the Hotel Bistro outside, and we met a pleasant couple that heard our Canadian voices and joined us in conversation. The food was very good, and we retired to our room to pack and get ready for our trip the next day to Nice for our last night in France. I had booked the Palais de la Méditerranée on the Promenade des Anglais, the sort of hotel that has everything but is modern and very American, almost like an airport hotel. Our flight to Toronto was early the following morning, so it was perfect, only about 15 minutes from the airport. The highlight of our short time in Nice was meeting Olivier for dinner at one of his fave places in Nice called Le Safari on the Cour Salea, a short walk from the hotel. Olivier had lived with us for two summers in Toronto when he was a teenager, and we had kept in touch, attended his wedding, met his young son, and sadly heard of his divorce. However, he looked great, was in fine form, and very happy. The restaurant, a local place with many families gathered, had delicious southern French food. I had calamari with artichokes, as did Olivier, and we had the winner. After dinner, much catching up, laughter and joy. He walked us back to our hotel. We embraced and went to bed, very content. Early flight and our river cruise vacation was now just a delightful memory with a lot of scribbled notes and a few extra pounds. Now we're in the midst of a warm, sunny summer and soon to go visit our kids in Vancouver. Hope you will join me on my next journey. Au revoir, Ricky.